So my memo to Lincoln Riley and the football team with 24 hours before the game, just beat UCLA so you can focus on more important things. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you uh, like to watch on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And if you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done so already, if you see that red subscribe button, click it. It means a lot. And to those of you who already have, again, much thanks. And you can always follow me at Twitter at Mark Culkin, M-A-R-C-K-U-L-K-I-N. Today's episode is brought to you by Underdog. Sign up for an underdogfantasy.com with the promo code locked on and get your first deposit doubled up to $100. All right. So by the time most of you are watching or listening to this show, there's going to be probably what, less than 24 hours until uh, that first rivalry Saturday arrives. USC plays uh, UCLA. This weekend, and they follow it up with a much more important rivalry game the following Saturday after Thanksgiving when they uh, when they host Notre Dame to end the regular season. Um, so, look, we've talked about this USC-UCLA game pretty much all week. I even tried to throw in some basketball recruiting news, and I got some blowback on that. I even tied it into football recruiting. With that said... We're going to close this week off with uh, more USC-UCLA football talk uh, for all of you football fans. Um, Look, there's just not a whole lot left to say uh, that hasn't already been said. So, um, and what I really want to say probably isn't safe for work on this show. Um, So, well, maybe we'll do a little rehash. Um, Here's what we know. Offensively, US, we know that UCLA wants to run the ball at USC, and we know on offense USC just wants to pass all over UCLA's face. Um, and in games like this, two high-powered offenses uh, with not a whole lot of defense backing them up, um, this game, those types of games usually come down to turnovers and uh, teams that makes the fewest mistakes. <laughs> I think that so far throughout the year, this is where USC might have the advantage. We know they uh, they lead the nation, plus 17. Uh, we know they don't turn the ball over. Uh, they've had two all year um, by the offense. I'm still not sure that technicality, how it's considered a fumble on an onside kick when the ball touches you. But I digress. Um, so... And we know that UCLA is at a plus three on the turnover margin nationally. So uh, while they don't, they usually don't uh, end up on the losing end of the turnovers, they don't create a lot of them either. Um, so as I mentioned, the Bruins, they want to run the ball first and, and they have a, but they also have a very capable passing attack. And uh, USC's defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch said, it's going to be all hands on deck. Quote, and that's not a new message, but we have to make sure there is no extras. 
You're not the guy, you're not the extra guy that gets to go hang out on the hash mark and defend a phone booth. You've got to make sure that you're not on a body. If you're not on a body in coverage, then you've got to go attack the quarterback, period. Then obviously, from a run fit standpoint, we've got to win, period. Not just be in your gap, but destruct blocks and find ways to, to eliminate plays that even allow them to get started. If they get every play started, it's very tough to play defense, end quote. So with that being the case, um, I guess what we saw from Arizona's defense uh, last week when they uh, when they played UCLA, uh, excuse me, when they upset UCLA at the Rose Bowl, that uh, they basically gave Alex Grinch the blueprint um, on defense. And it's not like Alex isn't unfamiliar with uh, Chip Kelly. Those two have a history going back to their days at New Hampshire. Yeah, they, they've got a history going, they've got a long history going back with each other. So, you know, I, I'm going to assume you're going to see a bunch of blitzing and often uh, up the middle run blitzes. You got to get them in the backfield. Like he said, you can't let Zach Charbonnet, you can't let DTR get started. They, you can't let their feet get in motion forward. Um, and obviously that's a lot easier said than done because uh, in 152 rushing attempts this season, uh, Charbonnet has lost just eight yards on tackles behind the line of scrimmage. That's an amazing stat. I, I think I brought that up earlier in the week, but it bears repeating. That is a tremendous stat for a running back. Um, and in their loss to Arizona, uh, you know, he actually put up 180 yards on the ground. And he probably would have put up, you know, more had UCLA not been playing from behind and having to play catch up. Um, so uh, Grinch went on to say that you're, quote, you're talking about probably the best tailback that certainly I think we've faced this year. Uh, the ability to run through tackles, run hard. He has a patient. He has a patience to him that really frustrates you defensively, because you might feel like you you kind of have him bottled up, and then he's just getting started. Um, so, and then de defending DTR, Dorian Thompson Robinson, the Bruin quarterback, against the run, it, it's different. Uh, he likes to run when he has to. He he actually prefers to stay in the pocket and throw the ball. And so, uh, you know, Grinch, he had a comment on that as well. He said, the frustrating part of elite quarterbacks is that they can move. It's not about having a good call. It's He adds that DTR will make USC defend extended plays in multiple levels of the field. Um, so he said that it's going to be important for the USC defense to stay disciplined. Uh, and they actually did that against Colorado and turned in one, in his opinion, one of their best performances of the season. Um, but obviously the difference between Colorado's offense and UCLA's offense is night and day. So uh, we're using our old spinal tap reference. We're going to turn that knob all the way up past 10 to 11, going from Colorado to UCLA offensively. Uh, what uh, what Alex wanted to point out was if you if UCLA sends a guy in motion um, and you get mind explosion, then you're looking for a particular play. You're not trusting your rules. And also along those lines is you have to make sure you trust the guys next to you. 
There's no alternative. That's part of the message with these guys. You say, well, coach, is that going to be enough? Well, if 11 guys do it, it's the best shot we've got, end quote. So the bottom line for Grinch, it sounds like what he was trying to say is, is if he tells his guys where to be, be there. Okay? And then those guys that are in their their spot, they have to trust that the other 10 guys on the field are doing their jobs as well. Oh, and by the way, uh, Eric Gentry is expected to be back for Saturday's game. So with that, um, you, you know, the way UCLA can line up and, you know, move the ball on offense, it's kind of making you wonder um, why they're the underdog at home to USC, right? Maybe it's because USC is just proficient offensively. And uh, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about USC's offense in this next segment um, against the underdog Bruins. And we will bring this up. And we want to talk to you about, uh, I, I mentioned that this episode is brought to you by Underdog. Underdog Fantasy, they are the easiest uh, place to spice up your college football season. I mean, it's super duper easy and it's a lot of fun. So let me give you some pickups, some examples here. So when I went over and started my account on underdog.com, basically it, it's a pick'em contest over under. It's this simple. You pick between two and five guys. Here are my five players on the team for the seat for this game. Caleb Williams, um, over higher or lower than 28 and a half yards rushing. I picked higher Jordan Addison, Higher or lower, 73 and a half yards receiving. I went higher. Taj Washington, 67 and a half yards uh, receiving. I went higher. DTR, 46 and a half yards rushing. I'm going lower. USC is going to focus on that. Zach Charbonnet, <laughs> 28 and a half yards receiving. I'm going to go higher. Zach can catch the ball out of the backfield. I anticipate him having making some noise in this game. So, as I said, uh, very easy. Those are my picks. You should head on over there and make your picks. It's easy to play, and it's available in over 30 states. As I mentioned, just pick between two and five players across any team, not just USC, and then you can decide if they will finish higher or lower. It's one of the easiest fantasy-to-play games out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code Locked On. that's one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100, Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or the Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code locked on, one word. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right. So... The Trojans are they're on a three-game winning streak. 
and uh, well, obviously since their loss to Utah, that very controversial one-point loss on the road. Um, and they've won these three games without uh, some of their best players on offense. They've, they've had a, quite a few players missing offensively and defensively, uh, but we're just going to focus on the offense. Most notably, uh, Jordan Addison and Mario Williams at wide receiver. And as you've been paying attention, the offensive line has been playing shuffleboard. Bobby Haskins, Mason Murphy, Cortland Ford. It looks like they're settling in on Mason Murphy as 1A and Bobby Haskins 1B at left tackle. Things have changed. Um, but most notably, I mentioned at wide receiver, USC has been able to uh, go 3-0 without two of their biggest targets, Jordan Addison and Mario Williams. Uh, however, in their absence, um, Taj Washington, Kyle Ford, Brendan Rice, uh, Michael Jackson III, et al., the entire group, including the tight ends, they've stepped up. Um, and And then, you know, last week, you know, we hate to, I hate to bring it up and remind everybody, but it's going to be their front and center on Saturday. You know, USC lost their heart and soul. They lost Travis Dye uh, when he went down for the season with uh, his injured leg. Um, it's no secret he will be lost for the rest of the season. Look, I, I, I want to bring this up because he got a lot of grief for saying a lot of thing, a lot of stuff. There's one thing that Clay Helton said that made sense then and it still makes sense now and it's when he said so what now what in essence next man up you know something something happens okay what are you going to do about it and look clay didn't invent that but that, that you, you can use that in everyday life period and the fact that uh that that coach helton used it uh you know, people are always looking to knock him. That's not one of the things you want to knock him for. Any coach who says that, uh, they are correct. So um, now that, uh, you know, Addison and Rio, Mario, is uh, they're, they're scheduled uh, to play uh, this Saturday, according to Riley. We saw Jordan last week. Uh, Lincoln talked to the media via Zoom on Thursday. He said both are scheduled to play uh, this Saturday. Again, with Lincoln, everything is always day to day. Jordan played last week. He'll play this week, and he's probably much closer to uh, game shape condition than he was last week, and that's a good thing. But losing Travis Die means uh, next man up, and that's going to be Austin Jones, who, by the way, was that other guy that USC got through the transfer portal, and uh, I think he showed last week that he is, and throughout the season that he's just as capable as Travis Dye. And uh, Austin is going to, uh, he's going to play as hard as he possibly can. He doesn't want to let down his, you know, one Travis Dye, um, because he doesn't want to hear Travis tell him he sucks. Nobody wants to hear that. Uh, Rayleigh Brown. So he's got, obviously, you know, he's been in the running back rotation with, uh, Travis Dye and with Austin Jones, but he's should see his role increase. And this would probably be a great game uh, to have that breakout performance that everybody has just been anticipating. I remember way back when in 1996, 
way back when. Some of you might not even uh, been around yet, but I'm here to be your history teacher. There was a USC freshman named R.J. Soward. He went crazy. I, I believe you young kids say he went ham. Uh, he went ham all over the Bruins. 268 yards receiving that day. Um, and three of those receptions went for touchdowns. And they were long touchdowns, 60 yards, 78 yards. Uh, I can't remember the, the number for the other one. But uh, R.J. burst on the scene against UCLA. And I'm look. I would love for Rayleigh to match those types of numbers. I'm not anticipating it. But, however, with all that said, um, I don't think looking uh, asking for a rushing touchdown, a receiving touchdown, and possibly a special teams touchdown in the same game is asking too much, right? That's why we brought, that's why Rayleigh came to USC, because he's an athlete and he can score anytime he touches the ball. Love to see that happen on Saturday. Uh, this is another reason why USC um, is favored in the game and why UCLA is the underdog. USC is 10th in the nation putting up 317 yards per game through the air. They have 32 touchdowns and only two interceptions. That'll get it done. UCLA, against the pass defensively as a team, uh, they rank 102nd in the country, and they give up uh, 254 yards per game through the air. And it's basically almost at 10.5 yards per completion. Um, USC's receivers, they could have a field day uh, against that type of pass defense. I can tell you right now, UCLA has seen some good receivers uh, this season at Washington, against Oregon, Utah, sort of. They haven't seen anybody with a group of receivers like USC. And USC needs to go prove that out on the field. Um, here's another stat to keep an eye on. Both teams' defenses, uh, they get stops 40% of, of the time on third downs. So, like I said, that's an area to watch. Whoever, whichever defense can do better on third downs, that could uh, be one of the uh, turning points in this game, along with the turnovers. Um, last year in the game, you know, USC struggled. They, they struggled, period. But uh, they struggled on converting those third downs. And uh, fortunately, Graham Harrell is long gone with his play calling. So. I don't think uh, UFC will struggle converting on third downs offensively this year, especially against the UCLA defense. And if UCLA can't create uh, turnovers, uh, I really anticipate Caleb Williams having a big day uh, with his receiving unit. And that, if that happens, that should open up the run game. So, uh, look, Chip's going to try. Chip Kelly, I think, is going to try and you know use that soft zone that we've seen other teams try and use against uh, USC. And obviously he's going to try and outsmart Lincoln Riley and Caleb. So it will be interesting to see who wins that challenge. Um, both are offensive-minded, very cerebral. Uh, Chip Kelly, Alex Grinch know each other going back to their days at, at New Hampshire. Uh, obviously Chip Kelly at Oregon, Alex Grinch at Washington State. 
again. They've they've been around the block. They've they they've seen each other. Um, should be interesting to see uh, who wins that battle. <clears throat> It'll be a battle of a uh, a battle between the men. Battle of testosterone. Speaking of testosterone, have you heard about eugenics? Well, we're all getting older. Our bodies are changing. Getting a little bit of that dad bod. Um, you need to discover new genics. Um, because, you know, you want to have that energy and that body you once had. Well, you don't have the time to work out like you used to anymore. So it's not your fault. As men, our body naturally loses free testosterone. It's called the man hormone. It happens to every man and can make it more difficult to stay in shape and be uh, energetic, be active. So you remember, you remember when um, winning felt easy? It kind of felt easy. That's because when you were younger, you were at the peak of your testosterone production, what some have called the winner's hormone or the man hormone. So wouldn't it be nice to get that winner's edge again and that old swagger back in your step? So if you want more energy to counter that negative physical effects of aging, Eugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testofen will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workouts, get better results at the gym, and help you look better and feel like the man you really want to be. Eugenics Total Tea contains a man-boosting key ingredients like testofen, and it's been validated in five clinical studies shown to boost that free testosterone levels in men. Um, so with while every product professes, professes quality, Many of the other products use generic ingredients that are far less than clinical grade. With Nugenics Total T, you get the same clinical potency levels used in the trials. And Nugenics formulation is back 10 years for research and development. Now you can get a complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T when you text college to 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenics their most powerful incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast, absolutely free. Text college to 231-231. Text college to 231-231. Texting enrolls you in recurring automated text messages. Consent not required to purchase. Message and data rates apply. All right. Eugenics. Get a bottle. All right, we're going to get into our uh, final predictions here for for the game on Saturday. Final prediction time. In my mind, I keep going back and forth. You know, it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a blowout, whatever. So ask you, the fans, you comment, you tell me on YouTube, hit me up on Twitter, whatever. Head on over to WeRSC.com. But right here, Locked on USC, we are free. What do you prefer? Do you like those blowout 66 to 19 type victories? Or do you like those 50 to nothing big blowouts or the 27 to nothing defensive, uh, I guess, close games? 27 to nothing. Game is not close when you're when you win 27 to nothing, but you get the point. It's not a 50 to nothing drubbing or 66 to 19 type of beatdown. What do you prefer? Um or you wouldn't, you know, do you prefer those nail biters that needs a field goal to, you know, win it at the buzzer before the clock ends, Frank Jordan style? 
or go back to uh, 2004 when uh, USC defeated UCLA at the Rose Bowl by a field goal. Um, look, USC opened, I believe, at uh, bet online at minus four. Uh, the line has already dropped to two and a half, and that means Vegas thinks the game is going to be close. Or just a whole bunch of UCLA monies rolling in and saying, hey, USC isn't even going to win. Um, Vegas is usually right. Um, me, myself, I prefer nice, comfortable wins. Not I, I, I love the 66-19s, the 50 nothings, but usually by the time that scores reach that, I'm now getting bored. Um, and I, I, it's not that I, yeah, I start to lose a little interest in the game. Um, but it is what it is. I, I love those, but I, I prefer the comfortable wins where, you know, USC wins by, you know, 20, 21, 24 points. Uh, where UCLA is kind of in the game thinking they have a chance, but it's still a statement type of victory. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Maybe everybody likes those competitive games where the nail biter. I enjoy UCLA losing, period, all the time. Um, and and what's interesting is, and I mentioned this on on yesterday's episode, I believe, uh, when both teams are ranked, uh, you definitely I want a statement type of win uh, because that just reminds UCLA where they are in the pecking order. On the totem pole of life, if the highest person is at the top, USC, UCLA should always be down there at the bottom. Um, but what's so weird about this is when both teams are ranked going into this game, which they are, uh, UCLA wins those matchups 48% of the time. They got one more win than USC. Uh, they've tied seven times. But it is what it is. Uh, like I said the other day, to that point, why UCLA probably has wins 48% of the time um, <clears throat> when both teams are ranked, I think this game, actually, this game means more to UCLA than it means to USC. USC has two traditional rivals. UCLA considers USC their rival. And yeah, Cal, I get it. They're part of the UC system. But USC, I mean, UCLA mentions USC in their fight song. That's how much this game means to them. Um, I mean, like I said, it, right before they learn how to count to eight, they say, Bruins roam the hills of Westwood by the blue Pacific shores. And if we chance to see a man from USC, every Bruin starts to roar. Roar, excuse me, UCLA, UCLA, fight, 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 clap, clap, clap. You guys know the routine. USC doesn't mention UCLA in their fight songs. They write songs and make, or they're asked to participate in songs by triple platinum bands like Fleetwood Mac, and then they make up their own lyrics to Tusk because UCLA sucks. So, you know, someone asked um, how this, how you, you know, UCLA isn't a rival. USC's true rival 
for respect and prestige is Notre Dame. UCLA is a rivalry of convenience. They're down the street about 10 miles away. So that's why they're a rival. How's that? They're just UCLA. USC, when they want respect and national prestige, it's about matching up and beating Notre Dame. It's the greatest intersectional rivalry in the country. Nobody else in the country plays that type of game on an annual basis. They're willing to travel from one side of the country to the other to play a blue-blooded program. Alabama doesn't do it. Ohio State doesn't do it. Nobody else does it. USC and Notre Dame do it. That's why that's that game is so special and why it's a, it's a national rivalry. And that's why it's USC's number one rival. So let that sink in, Bruin fan. Um, as far as how this game is going to go, Caleb Williams, these are my prediction. He's going to throw for four touchdowns. He's going to run, and he's going to uh, pass for 370 yards. And he's going to, uh, I say he's going to run for two more touchdowns. So he'll, uh, he's going to have his Heisman moment. DTR and the Bruins, they're going to make a couple of mistakes with turnovers but they're going to get a uh, special teams big play to kind of somewhat balance that act out. Final score. Ready? Drum roll. USC 52, UCLA 43. All right. There it is. I will be back next week with a bunch of episodes. We will recap this game. Hopefully I am in a great mood. And if uh, the unfortunate thing happens where you see USC loses, you're going to see a really different side of Mark that you've never seen before. Maybe you want to see that. Who knows? All right. Until then, everyone, USC beat UCLA so you can focus on bigger and better things, meaning the conference championship game, and then hopefully the playoffs. Well, Notre Dame, conference championship game, then the playoffs in that order. All right, everyone, you know what to do until then.